You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into episode 193 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian DeFelice, joined by Scott McLaughlin. Bridget is not with us this morning. It's not from a lack of trying. She was had audio issues and router issues and every reason under the sun that was just going against her and she really wishes she could be on this but it just it wasn't in the cards today unfortunately hard hard to do a podcast with with audio issues <laughs> yeah some would say pretty, some would say pretty pretty important part of the equation yeah so we will certainly get uh all of her opinions on on what happened last night when we speak again later this week on the podcast probably after breakup day, and it would be breakup day because, yes, the Boston Bruins lost game seven after the best regular season in the league's history. The Boston Bruins lost in the first round to the Florida Panthers. And, Scott, there are a million and one reasons as to why the Bruins lost this series, things they did do, things they didn't do. And we're going to break it all down 100%. But Florida showed some serious, serious resilience in this series. They, they, their backs were against the wall three to one. They were facing elimination in game five in overtime. They were a shot away from their season ending. Twice in game six, they had to come back in the third period to to tie the Bruins and eventually go ahead. And then in game seven, after being up two-nothing, the Bruins storm back, take a three-two lead. Probably pretty easy for a team to be deflated, but not this Florida team. They come back with 59 seconds left, and Montour scores a second of the game. They win in overtime. It, it just seemed to me, Scott, and so Florida deserves every everything. They deserve all the accolades in the world. They deserve all the credit in the world. Boston deserves every criticism coming their way. But it, it really looked like a team that was playing for their lives the last couple of months versus a team that just didn't know how to gear up for what was ahead in the playoffs. It's just when you, when you play so well all year, you don't have much to play for at the end. I mean, it was pretty glaring to me. Yeah. I don't I can't let the Bruins off the hook with, with that excuse though of of uh, you know they just weren't playing important enough hockey like I, I said at the time and, and I said it last episode that we did I think they got and should have gotten that out of their system after game two it, even you know game one they didn't play their best they didn't quite match the intensity but they win game two they get run off their home ice like to me that was the wake-up call. And then I thought you saw the Bruins play a lot better in games three and four and control those games for long stretches. 
even game five, they they were in control for good chunks of that game. Just made some really awful turnovers, which became a theme of the series, obviously. Um, game seven, they had 18 giveaways. You know, Florida's second goal, Garnet Hathaway and Hambus Lindholm both have failed clearances. You know, just weekly throwing pucks up the boards that get kept in the zone. So I thought the Bruins did wake up and did rise to the challenge and start playing playoff hockey. And then I think it just got away from them for, for other reasons, which the turnovers being the main one, goaltending, letting them down being another too many lineup changes, some some necessitated by injuries and, and guys leaving the lineup, returning to the lineup. And some unnecessary with Jim Montgomery, I think, overthinking things in terms of, you know, starting game five with Bergeron and Martian and different lines, taking Grizzlick out when he had been playing pretty well. Um, you know, the Bertuzzi debrusque switch in, in game seven. I I get why he did that because I'm sure he probably looked at a Hall Coil Bertuzzi third line and thought that's not really defensively what I want from a third line, especially on the wings and DeBrusque might bring a little more, but as a result, I think you end up with the first and third line that were pretty quiet. And it's like, I don't know. At some point you probably need to figure out that third line. We talked about how it was weird that, you know, Hall Coyle Bertuzzi like never got a chance together in the regular season, even when there were opportunities after Hall returned. And because of that, you end up breaking up your, top line and taking DeBrusque off of the line with Bergeron and Marsh. And um, so just a lot of stuff went into it, but I'm, I, I can't let them off the hook with the, you know, they, they weren't playing playoff hockey. They weren't as desperate as the Panthers. Like they got there and at look at the very least, they should have been pretty damn desperate in game seven. And I thought once they fell behind two nothing, they were like, you saw them come alive and you saw that Bruins team that we, saw all season that refuses to roll over that has comebacks in them that can start scoring goals in quick succession and they get a three, two lead. And then for the third time in the last two games of the series, they blow a third period lead. Um, you know, they, they kind of got really defensive late in that third period. And it was sort of hang on for dear life, which, in pulled goalie situations, sometimes that, you know, is is going to happen. But, again, there are some failed clearances there. The goal itself ends up being, you know, a little bit of bad luck where they actually get the shot block and it just goes right to Montour and he has a little bit of a screen to work with. Um, but then in overtime, they, you know, they got outplayed. Had the early chance to David Postenach 30 seconds into overtime beats Bobrovsky over the blocker and it hits the knob of, of Bobrovsky's stick. Like game of inches, game of seconds, you know, close on several occasions, Martians breakaway right at the end of game five. Um, but just not quite enough. They come up, they come up one goal short and whether that's, you know, you can look at the offensive end finishing, missing a couple great chances, and you're going to get goaltending needing one more save, which really for the last three games of the series, it certainly in games five and six, they didn't get that extra save from Linus Elmark. 
Swayman early on gives up a goal. He probably should have stopped to Montour the, the backhander through the five hole. Um, does stop two point blank chances in overtime. So like I, I'm not gonna fault him in overtime. He did his part. He bailed his team out twice and gave them a chance to win, and they didn't. Yeah, I, the the story for me is that like usually when a team when a team loses when the Bruins lose, there's there's like a a feeling in your stomach of well the refs called a penalty here and then the other team scored and you kind of pin it on that or just like just random things. But in this series, like aside from the fact that it's the biggest objectively could be the biggest collapse in the, in the league's history. Right. I oddly woke up this morning at peace because I think that the, the Panthers deserve to win this series. And and that speaks volumes to the Bruins, of course, and it's a it's a massive insult to to how they performed in the series. But the better the better team over the over the course of seven games won, in my opinion. Even in game one, when the Bruins won the game and took a lead in the series, like it wasn't a, it was not a good game, but for the Bruins, they lose game two, then they go on the road without Bergeron and Krejci, win games three and four. And then Scott, who would have ever thought you get Patrice Bergeron back in the lineup and you lose all three games consecutively? That is that blows my mind. It really does. So much about this series blows my mind. But at the end of the day, the Panthers kept their game more simple than the Bruins. They they outworked them for the majority of the series. They outcoached them and they outexecuted them. And the reason they executed them was because the Bruins kept overthinking every step of the way, both on the bench, behind the bench, and on the ice. And to me, there's not one excuse for this Boston Bruins team losing other than the fact that the other team deserved to win and the Bruins got outplayed. And what's what's crazy is that offensively, the Bruins were fine. I mean, you I was saying this, I think I was saying this to you before we, we started recording, but you can't really look at one player on the Bruins who's a scorer and say that they didn't show up in the series. Brad Marchand had what? 10, 11 points. Taylor Hall, eight points or so. Pasternak was quiet through five games, but of course had three goals in game six and seven and picked his game back up. Bertuzzi was lights out. Bergeron was okay when he came back offensively. Not great. Right. But it was the story for me is it's defense defense and goaltending their structure was terrible there I, I mean you said it so many times so I don't want to repeat it but the, the turnovers they're giving the puck away the careless play with with the puck on their stick not getting timely saves when they needed them and the team-wide board play the Bruins lost all series Florida was better on the boards they were better on the four check and they were better on the breakout and what do you what do you what do you what do you blame that on do you blame that on X's and O's? Do you blame that on on the guys just not executing? Like, what what's the what's the what's the reason for losing the board battles so much, Scott? Yeah, well, you know, for starters, the Panthers were one of the best four check and cycle teams in the NHL all season, and for much of the season, it wasn't translating to huge offensive numbers, but eventually it did down the stretch. It it caught up, and that they. Absolutely, they make their living. And it's the biggest change from last year's Panthers team, which 
was heavily relying on the rush. And when you, you know, you trade out a Huberto for Kachuk, like that's obviously the biggest shift, but just team wide, Paul Maurice got this team to be a great four checking team. Um, you know, and the, the Bruins this season, like if you dig into, you know, the advanced stats and all that, like weren't, weren't a great four checking team. They were great in a lot of areas. That's one that they weren't. Um, obviously they tried to address that at the trade deadline, bringing in Bertuzzi and Hathaway. And I think it, it helped to an extent. And, but the thing is, is like you, you don't necessarily have to be the better four checking team to, to win the series. Like there was still enough else there in the recipe for the Bruins to win. And, um, you know, Florida's forecheck was going to force some turnovers and some of them were going to end up in the back of the net. Like that, 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 that's going to happen when you're facing a great forechecking team. Um, what really bothers me, though, is the turnovers that were committed not under stress, that where they really weren't under pressure and they still just gave the puck away. I mean, Bertuzzi's backhand in, into the slot, he, he had time. Like, like, yeah, it's not like he had all the time in the world, but there wasn't someone right on top of him and he turns it over. Clifton's two turnovers in game six had time. One of them, there was no one around him and he just makes a terrible pass through the neutral zone. He had, he had somebody on his right hand side, Scott, for, for swinging. Like he, he had a, he had a wide open teammate up going up the right wing boards on that turnover. He went up the middle with, I mean, yeah, it was the opposite of he had, he had somebody. Yeah. That's brutal. And the, the second goal in game seven that I mentioned, Hathaway just has a basic chip, just, chip it up off the glass, like pretty basic play. And instead he tries like a weak one-handed poke check and stays in the zone. And it's like, buddy, like it's game seven of the Stanley cup playoffs. Like you can't be one-handing pucks out of the zone and expect that to work. Hampus Lindholm off the boards had some pressure on him, but it wasn't like he was about to take a huge hit. Like he, he had some time and he just made a bad play. Um, so that stuff, it's like you could have survived Florida's forecheck. You could have dealt with some errors caused by that and still won the series if you just cleaned up the unforced ones. Like, And then the other part of the equation that should have been a huge plus in the Bruins' favor and was all season was goaltending. And it wasn't. The, you know, Bruins on the series with an 885 save percentage. I mean, that's just horrible. The Panthers in the totality of the series wound up winning the goaltending battle. That is stunning. That is not something I would have predicted. The Panthers were a below average team in, in goaltending in the regular season. The only time they got really good goaltending in the regular season was Alex Lyon getting hot down the stretch. And you actually knocked him out of the series. You forced them to go to Bobrovsky. And credit to Bobrovsky, he played well in in two of the three games he started, I think he was shaky in game six, but Allmark was even more shaky in games five and six. And Swayman gives up at least one. He probably wants back in game seven and we can get into the whole, you know, was it a mistake not to play him earlier? Was it even a mistake to play him in game seven? All you know, does he give up that first goal because he's rusty? Like, I don't know, but it, the, the areas where the Bruins should have had advantages they didn't. So in the area where the Panthers should have had an advantage, the forecheck, 
you know, that shows up as a deciding factor because that's where you notice the Panthers' biggest edge and the areas where the Bruins should have had an edge, they didn't. And in my opinion, that was that was really self-inflicted. They should have been able to overcome Florida being a great forechecking team if they just did other things that they had done all season but did not do in the series. Yeah, and look, you can, you can over overanalyze that first goal, swimming it up, and maybe ask the question: Was because was that, is that a goal he give up if he wasn't on the bench for a few weeks? But at the end of the day, he was he was really good after that, and his team had a three two lead with a minute left in the game. And the the last goal, or I should say, the last goal in regulation to tie the game, it seemed a little leaky, but. In a six-on-five situation, you got a lot of stuff going on in front of the net, and I don't—I I would be surprised if anybody were to, were to watch that and really blame him for that either. So, you know, it's it's one of those series where you you look at it in hindsight and you 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 match you match up going into a series. All right, who who has the edge in coaching? Who has the edge in offense? Who has the edge in defense? Who actually has the edge in net and special teams? Who has the best player in the series potentially? Right. Florida ended up checking off a lot of those boxes at the end of the series that Boston would have checked off in the beginning of the series. And you can start with the coaching. I mean, Jim Montgomery is the lead horse for, uh, was it the Jack Adams? Yep. And Paul Maurice outcoached him. I mean, I would argue Jim Montgomery outcoached himself because he just overthought everything, but Paul Maurice outcoached him. And I think Paul Maurice just really galvanized his team. I mean, to go down three to one, that's a daunting task. The Bruins, I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Um, Allmark is still, despite his playoff performance, based on the regular season, probably going to win the, the Vesna Trophy. And we all know he he did not out-goaltend really anybody in the series. And Matthew Kachuk was probably the best forward in the series. And who would have thought? But, but that's not that crazy. Like, like you know. Yes, Pashnak had 62 goals and 110 points, but Matthew Kachuk was right up there too with him in points. And yeah. he's, a, he's an all-world player. Nobody would have batted an eye at, at Matthew Kachuk, especially at his playing style, um, translating to the, to the postseason. But at the end of this series, to sit there and say that Charlie McAvoy wasn't the best defenseman in the series, Hampus Lindholm wasn't the best defenseman in the series, hell, even Dmitry Orloff wasn't the best defenseman in the series. It was Brandon Montour. And that is something that and, – and Brandon Montour going to the series, like we talked about him. Like I, He was my player to watch was Brandon Montour. He had like 70-something points. Great player, great defenseman, especially especially offensively. Defensively, I feel like he's, you know, decent enough. But it, it was. It was the offense that came through. How many goals did he have in this series? Seven, six? Six goals as, and, and two multi-goal games? one of them being in game seven and the goals that he scored to do it. So it, yeah, it, there's, there's so there's so many reasons why this series played out the way that it did. And Brendan Montour being the best defenseman in the series is certainly up there. Yeah. Mont- Montour had five goals, three assists. And yeah, like we, we had talked about, you know, I thought, look, Brendan Montour is a great offensive defenseman. Like he had, you know, he had over 70 points this year. Um, and he was out there for some goals again, so it's not like the Bruins, you know, like completely missed out on exposing him defensively. But 
I just feel like they they could have done it more. Like we talked about, you know, what's the best way to limit his offense? Pin him in his own zone. Like like attack him, go after him. He's not very good defensively. I thought at times they did that, but not but not enough. Um, and you know he he had too many chances offensively, and like you know, I'm sure we could go back on video and see you know did forwards lose him in coverage like did they have the right matchups do they need you know a better defensive left wing out there against them at time like you know i don't know but yeah for they didn't pin him in his in his own zone enough for for my liking um and, and attack him that way and that frees him up if he doesn't have to do as much work defensively he's he's going to do work offensively. He's going to be very involved and he was all series and especially on the power play, you know, he was a weapon there and um, you know, the Bruins penalty kill like other parts of their game sort of broke down as the series went on, you know, started really strong, killed off Florida's first nine power plays. And then, you know, Florida was able to break through on the power play uh, the last few games. So um, yeah, just, just, Again, like a, a lot of things that the Bruins should have been able to better take advantage of, uh, and and weren't. It, it is crazy. Like we we talked about how much better going in the Bruins decor was is than the Panthers. Like that Panthers decor, it's like man, there's just not much there that's special. Like Montour's offense, yes. Aaron Ekblad has had a great career. Had had a down year this year, and. I, I didn't even really think he was great in the series. He had moments. He missed time with the injury. Like, but I don't think Aaron Eckblad was a huge difference maker. So it, it's just, it's amazing. Like they weren't able to, to better expose that decor in, in their own zone, like with possession and cycling and keep the puck away from them. Um, you know, at times they did that, like I said, game five coming back, like they had a lot of possession, but game six, they got, pretty badly outplayed at five on five. Um, you know, so it's tough. And to your point about the Bruins decor, like didn't think we saw Charlie McAvoy's best for much of this series. Orlov had some great moments with, you know, eight assists. Like that's, you know, look, can't take that away from him. Like that's impressive. And, and a lot of them were primary assists. Um, but he also got hurt defensively at times and, and had some bad plays in his own zone. Um, you know, that Orlov McAvoy pairing Montgomery went to it a lot and it, it didn't always work. Like they never quite looked as connected as you would want two defensemen of that caliber to look, um, you know, Lindholm Carlo, like I, I thought Brandon Carlo had a great series. Like, I guess if you're I looking for, for, for silver linings, like there's a guy, you know, who's had postseason question marks in the past. I thought it really stepped up. Um, and because of that, the Lindholm-Carlo pairing overall was, was a plus, but you definitely wanted more from Lindholm. Like, you know, just until game seven, almost no offensive involvement from him. I thought in game seven, you saw him jump into the offense more. He had some nice offensive zone cycle shifts. Um with McAvoy in particular, which kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, should they have maybe gone to that earlier at, at times and, you know, throw a Lindholm McAvoy out there for more offensive zone shifts. 
again, another easy second guess, but um, yeah. And then, you know, it, it's funny, like you, you've been ha- talking about Lindholm all series needing more from him. And I kind of poo pooed and so like, you know, not pretty far down the list of my concerns, but then he has one of those brutal turnovers that leads to a goal against in game seven. So it's like, yeah, you know, really hard to ignore it now. Like that kind of capped off a very disappointing series for him. Yeah. You know what else doesn't really get captured in the analytics of everything when you, when watching him like last night in particular, especially in the first period, every time he touched the puck and he was down and he was down in the, in the Bruins D zone. And even if the, even if he was regrouping, even if there wasn't even anybody on him, he looked like he was skating on a half frozen pond where like it was just melted and he kept toe picking and toe picking. And he looked like Bambi. This is a guy who a lot of people thought should win the Norris trophy. And and he's, he's acting like he doesn't, he can't skate and skating is one of his strongest attributes. So, and, and last year against Carolina, I, and it's tough to really critique him because I still think he was probably playing half concussed after the Shvechnikov hit. But I didn't, I didn't think he was great in the postseason last year. I thought I didn't think McAvoy was great in the postseason last year. And those guys, you can't be top five, top ten defensemen in the regular season and then only be that guy for 60% of a series in McAvoy's case or not at all in Lindholm's case in the series. So I don't know. Like, Do I not want Lindholm on the Boston Bruins going forward? Of course, they want him on the team, but I definitely have some question marks about if he's a playoff type player. And that's fair to say at this point. I've watched him for yeah. two postseasons, and his play has decreased and de-elevated each postseason from the post from the regular season. And that's 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 a totally fair criticism to have after 14 games of watching him now with the Bruins in the postseason. Yeah, and, he he's yeah. so like including obviously the games he missed last year. He's now played 11 playoff games as a yeah, Bruin. Right. He missed a couple and, games, right? And and has zero points. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and, and in the regular and, season, he's driving offense. Yeah, he had top 50 points this year. Like, And I know it's not – you know, he's not Eric Carlson. It's not his primary job, right? Like, you, you want him to take care of his own zone first. That's his strength. But you expect some offense. Like, that. that is part of what he brings, and that's that's what makes him elite when he's playing at an elite level. Like, the – you know – the defensive stuff, it's like, yeah, you can find guys who can play solid defense. It's that two-way game that should make Hampus Lindholm elite, and we just haven't seen it in the playoffs. It's been it's been, been very much a, a one-way game, and then when that one-way game includes a terrible turnover in game seven that leads to a goal, it's like, all right, well, that, you know, like that one mistake sort of negates everything else because you didn't do anything offensively to make up for it. like you know if he had mm-hmm. if he had seven points in this series and had committed that turnover you'd be like well okay but he still contributed more offensively like maybe you can kind of excuse one one bad defensive mistake but when when there's no offense there and then the turnover happens it's like okay well you know that's that's it like that's what you're gonna remember because you don't you don't have any offensive moments for him to remember this series there's no no pinching into the slot and beating the goalie. There's no stretch pass like the ones Orlov made. No cycling behind the net and feeding someone in the slot. Like, didn't happen. We saw it in the regular season. Wasn't there the series. 
Yeah, and you saw and you saw Brad Martian pissed off at Lindholm in Game Seven because he tries to move the puck from the corner to the to the uh, I think it was to the either the point on the boards, hugging the boards, or towards the middle. But whichever way Martian went with the puck, it was to nobody, and it's because Lindholm didn't didn't move along the blue line where he was supposed to. And this is not this is not. Uh, March of 2022, when Hampus Lindholm just joined the Boston Bruins, as is still learning their system. Like this is Game Seven. You've been here for a year and a half, and it's Game Seven of your second year with the Bruins. You should know where you should be when Marcia gets the puck in a certain position on, on the boards in the offensive zone. So, at the end of the day, your you cannot your best players have to be your best players in the postseason if you want to achieve your ultimate goal. There's no way around it. Like the What's interesting is if the Bruins found a way to hold on to that lead at the end of the third period and or win in overtime, I felt that they would have dodged a massive bullet and that they would have been able to have a massive exhale because in this first round series, I do think that the pressure of being the greatest regular season team of all time and losing in the first round was looming over them. I don't think they would have felt as much pressure in the second round or the third round or the cup finals, but there's something about being that team and playing in the first round and potentially losing that they were playing scared and they were playing timid and tight. And if the Bruins found a way to somehow win their way to a series through mediocre play by their standards and get through the, through the second round, I thought that they would calm down as a group. And I thought that they would tighten up in a good way defensively and that their best players would have more opportunity to be their best players. But guess what? It's the playoffs. It's a best of seven and the first round counts as much as the fourth round. And if your best players aren't your best players in the first round, you can go home. And in my opinion, David Pasternak was David Pasternak in game six and seven. He wasn't your best player in the first five games. Brad Marchand is one of your best players. I thought he was one of your best players all series long. Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, they're supposed to be your best players in the back end. They they weren't themselves, so you can categorize it how you want, but they they didn't bring you what they bring in a regular season, at least consistently enough. And then you had other Bergeron. Look, the guy, the guy was playing hurt with a herniated disc in his back, but in the games that he played, he was certainly good, but he wasn't himself all around the ice. He was trying. He just wasn't effective. Krejci, goal in game seven. What you know, whatever. Like the Bruins, if it wasn't for Tyler Bertuzzi and Taylor Hall having a combined close to twenty points, then who knows where this series would have would have ended? I mean, I don't know. So they're ultimately at the end of the day, enough of the Bruins' best players weren't their best players consistently enough, and I think that Florida's best players were their best players consistently enough. Matthew Kachuk, mm-hmm. Brendan Montour, Barkov, not so much. It's weird to me that the Panthers won this game. Or won this series in seven games after being down three to one without Barkov having something in around five goals and seven assists or something like that. Like he, he only had seven, seven points in six games or six points in seven games. I think it was six points in seven games, which isn't terrible, but Barkov is certainly capable of more production than that. 